0: The following article is from the July 1999 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA, and it is titled The Sweet Sounds of Masonic Music by Robert E. Redding, 33rd Degree. Music is a sweet and special expression of Masonic philosophy. In the Scottish Rite, we say music stimulates the mind and elevates the spirit. We also recognize the value and pleasure music brings to all Masonic meetings. Music, in fact, has gone beyond these uses in the craft and is a major expression of Masonic philosophy. From the earliest days of Freemasonry, music was never omitted from either lodge meetings, degree work, or other rites such as cornerstone ceremonies, building dedications, the installation of officers, and memorial services. During the latter, musical enhancements in addition to hymns might include bugle calls or muffled drums. Auld Lang Syne, for instance, was not written by Brother Robert Burns to be sung on New Year's Eve but to be sung at the closing of the meetings of his Blue Lodge. Great attention continues to be given musically to both Masonic memorial services and lodges of sorrow. While music, in the form of specific songs and melodies, was never legislated officially or made a mandatory part of the rituals themselves, it was made a part of the spiritual furnishing of the lodge, degrees, and other Masonic ceremonials. Thus, for centuries, music has been a valuable and essential part of Masonic work. As Freemasons, we learn in the Fellowcraft degree of the seven basic liberal arts and sciences serving the needs of mankind. They are grammar, rhetoric, arithmetic, logic, geometry, astronomy, and the focus of this paper, music. Music in particular is recommended to the attention of masons because as the concord of sweet sounds elevates the generous sentiments of the soul, so should the concord of good feeling reign among the brethren which is from Albert G. Mackey's A Lexicon of Freemasonry, 1852, page 318. Other authors have also emphasized the importance of music. Dr. Rex R. Hutchins, 33rd Degree Grand Cross, in his book A Bridge to Light, states, From the discovery of harmonics by Pythagoras, the ancients created the idea of the music of the spheres, or harmony in the universe, a sort of music of God, page 286. Similarly, Sir Knight John W. Dadman in the Masonic Choir states, Music is an element of power that we Masons cannot afford to dispense with. It will add incalculably to the interest of lodge meetings and do much to preserve the ancient landmarks of the Order. Also, a passage in Masonic Odes says, "The three symbolic degrees of Masonry, exemplified without the use of music, is to say the least robbing Masonry of one of its most important factors." Finally, Chester W. Maybe, in the Royal Arch Melodia notes, it has been urged with some force that the beauties of the Masonic ritual cannot be evinced and stamped indelibly on the mind of the novitiate without the aid of music the soul-inspiring strains of which add power to the work, adorning its ever-living truths with a grandeur that no other art can supply, stealing upon the senses and elevating the feelings to that purity of conception, without which, to those that tread the road that leadeth to exaltation, light is but darkness and truth a shadow. Albert Pike himself, a fine musician, noted for his skill in playing the violin, greatly admired music and made it an integral part of many Scottish Rite degrees often specifying specific melodies. Every director of work would do well to take this to heart and make a special effort to include appropriate musical interludes and enhancements to the degrees, whether Blue Lodge or Scottish Rite. To do so is to touch the heart, move the mind, and lift the soul of all involved, for, as an anonymous author once wrote of this sublime art, music is a moral law. It gives soul to the universe, wings to the mind, flight to the imagination, a charm to sadness, gaiety, and life to everything. It is the essence of order and leads to all that is good, just, and beautiful, of which it is the invisible, nevertheless dazzling, passionate, and eternal form. Clearly, Masonic music is very important. Its value has been proved by musical legends of the past, such as brothers Mozart, Sibelius, Susa, and Berlin, Its value continues today through the musical skills and contributions of such well-known Masonic musicians as illustrious Floyd E. Whirl, 33rd degree, Grand Organist of the Supreme Council Southern Jurisdiction. To those other brethren who possess musical talents but, for whatever reason, have not made them known, I urge you to join this great Masonic tradition and mission. Your talents are needed and will be appreciated. The time to become active is now. The following article is from the July 1999 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA. Illustrious Charlie Walker, 33rd Degree, Country Music Legend and Freemason by William G. Hinton, 33rd Degree and Robert B. Schlenk, Jr., 32nd Degree. Illustrious Charles Levi Walker, 33rd Degree, is only one of the many Grand Old Opry members who know both country music and Freemasonry. The Grand Ole Opry and the Masonic Fraternity share the devotion and commitment of some mighty good people. Grand Ole Opry notables such as Roy Acuff, Eddie Arnold, Grandpa Jones, Pee Wee King, Little Jimmy Dickens, Roy Clark, Charlie Leuven, and Grand Ole Opry band member Joe Edwards all have committed themselves to the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man by becoming Master Masons. Numbered among such celebrities is illustrious Charlie Walker, 33rd degree, a Grand Ole Opry member who knows both country music and Freemasonry. Charles Levi Walker Jr. was born in Copeville, Texas on November 2, 1926. His early acquaintance with Freemasonry came from his mother, Lily May Walker, whose father was a member of the fraternity. He grew up on his parents' cotton farm in Nevada, Texas, about 35 miles northeast of Dallas. His father, a Texas lawman and justice of the peace, taught his young son the basics of music. When Charlie was a senior in high school, the family moved to Dallas, where Brother Walker finished school. As a 17-year-old high school senior, Brother Charlie got his first professional job singing in a Dallas honky-tonk and soon became a vocalist for Bill Boyd's big western swing band, the Cowboy Ramblers. He was with them for a year until he was called into military service and served two years in the United States Army. He completed his basic training at Fort Knox, Kentucky, and became a member of the 8th Army, 304th Signal Operations Battalion. One year in the military was spent in Japan, where he introduced country music to the Japanese people on the Armed Forces Network from Tokyo. When he came out of military service, he moved to San Antonio, Texas, and became one of the nation's top ten country music disc jockeys. In 1962, he was honored as a favorite son of Texas by the state legislature. It was during this time that Charlie petitioned Alamo Lodge No. 44, AF and AM, in San Antonio, Texas, where he was made a Master Mason in 1953. In 1955, he joined the Scottish Rite Valley and Alzafar Shrine Temple of San Antonio. In 1962, he served as worthy patron of Alamo Chapter No. 665, Order of the Eastern Star. His first significant recording was Tell Her Lies and Feed Her Candy. This was soon followed by his million-selling record, Pick Me Up, On Your Way Down. He has recorded 35 albums and had 47 songs in the national charts. Some of his other big hits are Don't Squeeze My Charmin, Little Old Wine Drinker Me, Truck Driving Man, My Shoes Keep Walking Back to You, Close All the Honky Tonks, Who Will Buy the Wine, and A Way to Free Myself. His latest album is on MCA. And mind you, this is a side note. This was written back in 1999. Brother Walker is at his best in songs that describe the hopes, fears, and problems of everyday people. As an interpreter of country blues, he is incomparable. He performs standard country with a deep intensity, while giving a timeless quality to contemporary tunes. In 1965, he moved to Nashville, Tennessee, and on August 17, 1967, he was made a member of the Grand Ole Opry. During his career, he has toured every state, plus England, Scotland, Norway, Sweden, Germany, Italy, Japan, Canada, and Mexico. He is a headliner at Las Vegas, Reno, Jackpot, and other Nevada cities. He has also chalked up numerous credits via TV guest appearances on all the leading country and western syndicates. In 1981, the Federation of International Country Air Personalities inducted Charlie into their Disc Jockey Hall of Fame. He has been honored as a recipient of the Tennessee Defense Force Commendation Ribbon, retiring from the unit with the rank of Colonel. Since his move to Nashville, Brother Walker has affiliated with Hendersonville Lodge No. 359, FNAM, Hendersonville Chapter No. 377, Order of the Eastern Star, the Scottish Rite Valley of Nashville, and the Almanagh Shrine Temple. Noble Walker is an ambassador-at-large to the Shrine Children's Hospital and a member of the Royal Order of Jesters since 1986. He became worshipful master of Hendersonville Lodge No. 359 in 1994 and has served twice as Grand Marshal of the Grand Lodge of Tennessee. He was the second recipient of the Andrew Jackson Medal that is awarded by the Grand Lodge of Tennessee to an individual regarded as the Outstanding Mason of the Year. He was invested with the rank and decoration of a Knight Commander of the Court of Honor in 1987 and was coroneted a 33rd degree Scottish Rite Mason in 1995, becoming the fourth country music celebrity and second Grand Ole Opry member to be so honored. Charlie's hobbies are golf and duck and quail hunting. He shoots golf in the 70s and plays in about 10 pro celebrity tournaments every year. Some of the tournaments he has played in are the Jackie Gleason Inverary Classic, the Sahara Invitational in Las Vegas, the Colonial Invitational, the American Cancer Classic, the Southern Open, the Greensboro Open, the Texas Open, the Westchester Classic in New York, and the Atlanta LPGA. Each weekend, thousands of country music lovers tune in to WSM Clear Channel 650 for the Grand Ole Opry the longest continuously running radio program in the world. President and General Manager Bob Whitaker has noted, The Opry is the ultimate. It is synonymous with being at the top of the ladder, and we can't have off weeks. Each week has to be great. Thanks to illustrious Charlie Walker, 33rd Degree, and numerous other Masons at the Opry, listeners can be assured that each program will be great. The following article is from the July 1992 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA. Franz Liszt, Freemason, by Grace Clark. The 19th century Romantic composer Franz Liszt was born in raiding Hungary on October 22, 1811. His parents were Anna and Adam Liszt. Adam Liszt was an accountant for the powerful and wealthy Esterhazy family. He was also an amateur musician who, before being transferred to rating, played on occasion with the court orchestra under the direction of brother Hans-Joseph Hayden. Franz Liszt was a child prodigy. His first public appearance was at the age of nine, and from that day on he was a public figure. Adam Liszt was granted a leave of absence from his job, plus a meager yearly income in order to take the young boy to Vienna to pursue the study of music. His teachers in Vienna were Karl Czerny, a pupil of Beethoven, and Salieri, the rival of Mozart. Franz Liszt was called the reincarnation of Mozart. After a year, the Liszt family moved on to Paris so Franz could enroll in the Paris Conservatory. However, Cherubini, president of the school, did not like child prodigies and refused to admit Liszt on the grounds that he was a foreigner. Franz continued with private teachers, including the famous instructors Peer and Reicha, and soon became the darling of the Parisian salons. When Franz was about 13, Adam Liszt arranged concert tours to several European cities, including London, where Franz played for the Queen. At 16, Franz returned to Paris after his father's unexpected death. To support his mother and himself, Franz gave piano lessons. The success of his concert tours made him a well-known and popular teacher. During the next few years, Liszt met such intellectuals and artistic luminaries as Frédéric Chopin, Victor Hugo, Alphonse Lamartine, George Sand, Hector Berlioz, and Niccolò Paganini. Franz was an avid reader, and he wrote to a friend saying, Hugo, Chateaubriand, Beethoven, Locke, Plato, Byron, Homer, Mozart, Weber, Bach, they are all around me. I study them, I meditate on them, I devour them with fury." During Liszt's virtuoso years, 1838 to 1847, often referred to as the years of transcendental execution, Liszt appeared in virtually every corner of European country including Spain, Portugal, Turkey, France, Germany, Russia, Romania, Poland, Czechoslovakia, Belgium, England, Austria, Denmark, Hungary, Switzerland, Italy, and Transylvania. Liszt's mania broke out in Europe during the 1840s as women would try to cut locks from his hair, tear pieces from his clothing, jump on stage to grab a piano string that snapped, collect his cigar stubs, and keep the dregs from the coffee he drank. Franz Liszt was the first star entertainer on the scale of today's pop artist. Fashionable women even wore his picture on cameo brooches. It was against this backdrop that Franz Liszt became a Freemason on September 18, 1841, in the Zur Einigkeit Lodge. Frankfurt am Main, Germany. His sponsor was Wilhelm Speyer, a well-known composer. On February 22, 1842, he was admitted to the Zur Eintracht Harmony Lodge, Berlin. On September 23, 1843, he was made an honorary member of the Freemasons Lodge in Iserlohn, and July 1845, he joined the Lodge St. Johannes Modestia Cum Liberate, which means Moderation and Liberty Lodge of St. John in Zurich. When Liszt was asked what the goal for human beings should be, he replied masonically saying that it was to strive as much as possible to attain truth, goodness, and beauty. Liszt's music, which he considered a divine gift and not a self-acquired possession, was his means toward these goals. Given his masonic background, he was extremely generous with his time, money, and talent. He gave benefit performances almost everywhere he went, and his contributions to charity and worthy causes are well documented. Some of the more interesting charities include benefit performances to raise funds for the restoration of the Cologne Cathedral. In addition, Liszt almost single-handedly raised the money for the Beethoven monument, which was unveiled in Bonn on 1845, and it was Liszt who made Beethoven's music even more popular. After giving a concert for the University of Königsberg, Liszt was given an honorary degree of Doctor of Philosophy. And at the end of a recital in the National Theater in Budapest in 1838, which was given for the theater, a group of Hungarian noblemen came on stage and presented Liszt with the Hungarian sword of honor. Space does not permit listing his many other titles, honors, and decorations. Franz Liszt was appointed court music director at Weimar, the home of Goethe and Schiller, in 1841 by Maria Pavlovna, sister of the Tsar of Russia, but did not take up residence there until 1848. He held this position from 1842 to 1861. Under his leadership, many operas were produced, some for the first time, at Weimar, including works by Berlioz, Verdi, Rossini, Gluck, Beethoven, Mozart, Roth, Cornelius, and Wagner. Throughout his life, Liszt was a collector of pianos, and many piano manufacturers felt honored to present him with their finest instruments. In addition, Liszt obtained possession of pianoforts and pianos owned by Mozart and Beethoven, Franz Liszt was also the most painted, photographed, and caricatured music personality of the 19th century. Some of the more popular paintings of Liszt were done by Leyrend, Kolbach, Ingress, and Lehmann. In December 1869, the great American poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow commissioned the artist George Healy to paint Liszt's portrait when the two men visited Liszt in Rome at the monastery of Santa Francesca Romana. In addition, many medallions were struck in his honor, and the Italian sculptor Bartolini did a marble bust of Liszt in 1838. Liszt retired from conducting in 1847 and was never again paid for performing. He rarely appeared in public and then only for charity, nor did he charge his students for lessons. He took only advanced pupils who came to him from universities and conservatories from all over the globe. Beginning in 1869, Liszt divided his time between Budapest, Weimar, and Rome, In 1875, he was appointed President of the Budapest Academy of Music, a post he held until his death in July 1886. Although he took only the four minor orders, Liszt became a Catholic priest in Rome in 1865, and he even lived in the Vatican for a while. Liszt, nevertheless, retained his links with the Freemasons. He was elected a Master of the Zur Einigkeit or Unity Lodge in Budapest in 1870, and after his death in July 1886, the Freemasons' Journal published an obituary notice which referred to Brother Franz Liszt on whose grave we had deposited the acacia branch. Liszt's work was so advanced, it was often called the music of the future. He wrote some 1,400 songs, 700 bearing his name. Others were transcriptions, but when Liszt fin- finished a transcription, it was almost a new piece of music. Some of his compositions include the beautiful Liebstrom No. 3, the Hungarian Rhapsodies, the Transcendental Etudes, the Paganini Etudes, and the Sonata in B minor. He also composed many religious works, including the Oratorio Christus, in addition to symphonies such as the Dante and Faust symphonies. Many claim he invented the symphonic or tone poem and atonality. His contributions to music are only now being recognized. Today there are 18 Liszt societies around the world. Rarely has a composer made so lasting and deep a contribution to the world of music. The wish Franz Liszt expressed shortly before his death in 1886 has come true. My only remaining ambition is to hurl a lance as far as possible into the boundless realm of the future. And I'm going to apologize now for many words which I'm sure I mispronounced.